Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Fantasy Football Today, DFS. My name is Sienna Jot, and of course, as always on Tuesdays, I'm joined by Meg Shout. That's not going to change for the NFL playoffs. Meg, how you doing? I'm doing great. Um, you know, I always get sad at the end of the end of the regular season, but I obviously am so excited for the NFL playoffs. And this is basically all short slates, which you and I love, so I'm ready. Absolutely. Can I just tell you a really sad story? I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but, um, <laughs> I, you know, I basically I'd, I'd say I want to say I broke even in DFS this weekend, although I right. think I ended up losing a little bit. We're talking like extremely marginal. So I call it break even, but technically it wasn't break even. And I played the afternoon slate and the early slate and the full slate. Right. And during the afternoon slate at halftime, I was up so many thousands of dollars. Oh, like, no I joke. Can't. I was crushing it. But because of game flow, like I had you no know, Tyrod, for example, because of game flow and, 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 and because of Dak going off, because in my afternoon slate, I decided I was going to fade Dak largely, even though I played him on the main slate, as everybody knows. Uh, and then he went off in the second half against Washington. So my lineups went from like, I'm talking like my <laughs> biggest hit I was going to have all year to all of a sudden, like I'm a small loser. So uh, I'm lamenting that right now for some reason. I'm occupying people's time with with that uh, discussion, but I will I've say been that there. I, I've been there. So right, <laughs> I'm so ready. In light of that, I'm so ready to attack this slate. So uh, because I mean, here's the thing: that happens all the time. But I at halftime, I thought my team was still going to like continue to do well, and 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 it just it didn't work out that way. So uh, we did have a lot of good Twitter messages, though. Some some people really taking the advice of going single entry, small field, and they they tweeted out there their lineups and their winnings. And it was really, really impressive. So I'm really happy people kind of subscribing to that theory. This week we have wildcard weekend. It's kind of wildcard week, right? Because we have Monday night football too. We have two Saturday games, three Sunday games, one Monday night football game. I'll say this to start the show. We're not going to do recaps because we're not going to have time, but I do want to congratulate Kron Tomlinus who won our Sunday uh, contest. And I want to congratulate Sab4687. I think he tweeted at us as well because they won our he won our saturday contest so congratulations there um we'll talk about meg uh we're going to decide with the chat what type of contest we want to create for this week whether we want to do two slates saturday and sunday you can you can give me your opinion in the chat those of you that are in the chat or if we want to do one big saturday sunday slate we'll, we'll address that later in the show but let's just lay out meg if you don't mind i'm just going to lay out the totals and the spreads for the saturday sunday and monday slate Saturday, Browns minus three at the Texans, 44-point total. That's at 430. Dolphins plus three and a half at the Chiefs. That's also Saturday, 44-point total. 
8.15. Then we move to Sunday where there are three games. Steelers plus 10 at the Bills, 35 and a half. That game's at 1 o'clock. Packers plus 7.5 at the Cowboys, 50.5 point total. That game's at 4.30. And then the Rams plus 3.5 at the Lions, 51.5 point total. That's at 8.15. And then finally Monday, Eagles minus 3 at the Buccaneers, 44 point total. That game starts at 8 o'clock. So, Meg, let me ask you this. The way you are attacking this weekend, is it you're playing the two-game Saturday slate and then you're playing the three-game Sunday slate and then Monday fits in for a little bit of showdown? Is that how you're addressing these slates? Yes, I am playing it more compartmentalized like that with the the short slate, really short slate mentality. Obviously, the six-game slate is a short slate, but I am doing the Saturday only, Sunday only, and then showdown a little bit. But I'll, I'll probably sprinkle in one or two lineups for fun in the six-game format. Yeah, and honestly, even if you want to do the five-game format, because I think, actually, I'm not sure. Drew, five, whatever the total, thir- sorry, Saturday through um, through Monday. Or, yes, you can do Saturday and Sunday and Saturday through Monday, right? Exactly, exactly. Okay, and, yeah. I, and I think, uh, the way I saw it, I think for some reason the Saturday-Sunday format only might only have one of the two Saturday games. Well, I'll have to, wow. to investigate that. But the point is you can play multiple slates here. You can right. play Saturday through Monday. You can play Saturday and Sunday, or you can just play – what's given to you each day. It really depends on what you're comfortable with. For example, if you think if you think for some reason, like if you were to play the Saturday and Sunday slate, and again, I'm assuming that you can play like all of Saturday and all of Sunday, and you think Joe Flacco is just going to go off and he's just like, and that Dak Prescott and let's say, you know, Jared Goff and, and, and Stafford are going to have kind of, you know, just regular games and it's all, all going to be the running game or whatever, like go ahead and, and, and build that lineup because you know that a lot of people are going to be playing Dak and, and some of those uh, quarterbacks in the in those high scoring environments. So there there are things you can do. There are reasons to play like a more full slate if you if you have positions you want to take that mm-hmm. you know other people aren't going to take. But Meg, I agree with you. I'm probably be going to be going uh, Saturday two game slate, Sunday three game slate, and then exactly. honestly, I'm not a huge showdown guy. That's what I have Mike McClure for. So <laughs> I'll, I'll dabble in that, but it's not something that's going to be a focus of mine by any means. All right. Yep. Well, Meg, let's just go ahead and dive into the Saturday slate because we've got two really um, interesting games to talk about. I think Saturday is full of points, right? But yeah. I think, excuse me, Sunday's full of points. I think Saturday could be really full of points too. The totals don't really indicate that, but um, we'll get there in a second. Before we get to Browns Texans, though, let's hear a quick message from our partners. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. All right, Meg, what's so interesting about this Saturday slate is well, first of all, what I think is just kind of an interesting coincidence is that the totals in this Texans Browns game, Dolphins Chiefs game, they're both 44. Yeah. Uh, they're both relatively tight spreads. We're looking at three, three and a half. Of course, these could fluctuate and be like right on the same number uh, once we get to kickoff. But let's start with the Browns Texans. I feel like that'll be the more popular game. So that's something to keep in mind if you want to be contrarian. Obviously, the weather in Kansas City is an issue. It's going to be probably somewhere in the zero to 10 to 15 degree range. It's going to be extremely uh, frosty and frigid temperatures. 
Browns Texans though. I mean, it, it's it's hard for me to ignore this one. Uh, let me ask you before I say what I like. What do you like in this one? Well, we saw Flacco and Cooper and what they did in this matchup just a few weeks ago. So it's hard to ignore that. It's hard to ignore what Flacco's doing. You know, at the beginning of his run, I was waiting for it to fall off and it hasn't. And now I'm just rooting for the Browns and love this story. And, and you know, I just think that he is really dialed in with Amari Cooper, David Njoku, Elijah Moore should be back. So I, I really love the Brown stack. Obviously they have the better matchup. Yes. I love CJ Stroud. I love what he's doing and I love Nico Collins and what they're doing together as well, but they have the much more difficult matchup. I love, love the Flacco Brown stack here. I was going to say, I think everybody's going to love the Flacco stack, right? Yeah. Like, and that, that's not a criticism, by the way, because I, I am one of those people, especially given that his price is, is much lesser than C.J. Stroud. I think it's just going to be a natural fit on this Saturday slate for people to play Flacco, to play Amari Cooper. And honestly, you're not getting different on a two-game two slate by playing Flacco, Amari, and Joku. Like, everybody's yeah. going to do that. So I get that. So I guess my question for you, Meg, again, it's a two-game slate. So you can really hyper stack this one. You can throw in Jerome Ford if you want. You can throw in, I mean, on the Brown side, you know, there, there are there are punts like Elijah Moore is like puntish. I, I guess he's healthy or so they're saying um, they're, like Tillman you could throw in. And then it, obviously we can attack the Texan side, too. But I'm just curious if you're building a Flacco stack. And by the way, we're going to go over this Friday with Mike McClure, too. And that'll be really interesting because we'll have some more ownership figures to deal with as we will be a day away from these Saturday games when we go on Friday. But how are you building the Flacco stack? I like the idea of maybe adding in Ford or maybe overstacking with Elijah Moore as well. I, you know, another heart kind of heartbreaking story, really quick. I did that with the um, with the Texans with Singletary, and it almost mm. worked. And all I needed was a Hutchin, just a little more from Hutchinson. He got four or five targets, but just did not get there. Um, and if he did, I I was sitting very pretty on the Saturday slate. Had a nice cash, but you know, really needed that core Hutchinson loan piece that didn't quite work but I think the process was there by kind of overstacking the Texans same thing here you could overstack the Browns and include Ford as the running back if you want and I don't mind that at all on the Texans side we got to wait to see the status of Robert Woods and Noah Brown and I, and I think they mm -hmm. are potentially very impactful especially Noah Brown uh, who by the way is 5100 if, if you're if you're not looking uh, at pricing right now Nico Collins 7,000 you mentioned uh, Singletary who is 5,700 uh, I like Singletary a lot. I actually had a prop that missed last week. I had his rushing and receiving total. He barely got any receiving work. So that obviously didn't work out. But we know he's a workhorse. So I, I like in terms of bringbacks, I love Singletary. I think Nico Collins is interesting, but I don't mind fading him if Noah Brown is healthy and just hope that Nico has just like a very average game and and maybe some of the touchdown equity goes to a guy like Noah Brown or even Dalton Schultz or, mm -hmm. again, uh, Devin Singletary. So I think that's a way to play this game, just like not play Nico Collins. Who are your favorites on that Texan side? You kind of nailed it. That's kind of what I, I was thinking, at least early in the week, is, you know, kind of take the, the cheaper options from the Texans, Singletary being one of them, but maybe Dalton Schultz or maybe one of the cheaper receivers. Obviously, again, we need that news on the Texans receivers before we really decide where we're going to land. Maybe Hutchinson's still in play if one of Woods or Noah Brown are out. So, you know, that could be interesting because he could come in very low owned again if he's in three wide receiver sets. So, you know, that could be an interesting way, but I like approaching it from the cheaper options with the Texans or Singletary included rather than Nico Collins as well.
Yeah, and one thing to consider is because of the price difference between Flacco and C.J. Stroud, and for that matter, Nico Collins and Amari Cooper. I mean, Nico Collins is only 200 more than Amari Cooper, but that's still a difference, especially when you price it out with uh, C.J. Stroud. People are going to be more inclined to play those Brown stacks. So even though I'm saying like I might avoid Nico Collins in, in a Flacco stack, um, you're not going to be contrarian by playing C.J. Stroud to Nico Collins by any means. But I have a feeling the ownership's going to be a lot less uh, for Nico than it is going to be, or for, for a Nico combo than it is going to be for a Flacco combo. Okay, again, we probably dove into this game even a little too much because we got more games to cover, and we're going to do this on Friday again with Mike McClure. I'm going to get to your questions in just a second, but let's go to the second game. This is probably the less interesting game to most people. I think a lot of people are going to want to grab a lot of pieces in that first game that we just talked about and maybe grab some of the running backs from this one and just hope, hey, this is a running game. It's cold. It's going to be a close to the vest game plan. Let me get some of the rushing sort of equity, some of the scoring equity in the running backs, mm -hmm. and then we're just going to fly in the dome game uh, in, in Houston. That makes a ton of sense. Um, obviously, with that mindset, you, you want to consider like what the contrarian sort of construction, what the contrarian play is going to be. But Mostert, Achan, I mean, we have to monitor Mostert. If he's banged up, still, Achan's obviously an amazing play. Um, he's 6,800, Mostert 6,700. That's just something we need to monitor. Pacheco, 6,400. Hard to get away from that, given that he's the, the, the starter and the injuries that the Dolphins have on their side of the ball. Um, as far as the receiving core, we got to, again, Waddle. We got to see if he's healthy. Uh, Tyreek does appear to be healthy, although he he left that game banged up, and now he goes into zero-degree temperatures. Like It's hard for me to get to these Dolphins receivers unless they're fully contrarian, Meg. And then on the other side, I don't love Kelsey or Rasheed Rice or Watson. I, I, I would, I'm willing to play them, but again, to me, I hate to do it, but I feel like I'm going to the running backs, and then I'm just I'm just overstacking, kind of like what I did with the Steelers-Ravens game and, and then the, the associated game with them on, on that two games late. I feel like I'm going to do the same thing here. I do too. You and I are really lockstep today on, on the way we feel about this Saturday slate, but I feel very similar. I really like Pacheco from the Chiefs side. Um, so that's probably my favorite play on the Chiefs side. I, you know, you got to like Tyreek Hill in a revenge game back in Arrowhead. Um, yes, it, the, the temperatures, the winds, we got to pay attention to all that. And of course, they're just all, you know, are, all, what is their level of health? So pay attention to all that news. But I do have some interest in that revenge spot and making him a core piece. Um, from this game. Yeah, and there was a question about Durham Smythe, who, who actually has been a topic of conversation for me the last couple of weeks. I had a prop on him two weeks ago. We talked about him on our uh, Early Edge primetime show. At 3,000, you know, I don't hate it. He could be kind of a safety blanket in a cold environment in the short area. Uh, he's really been good for three to five catches over the last three, four games, and especially if Waddle is out. I think Smythe is an okay play. I think Cedric Wilson could get loose at 3,800. I think all of those guys are in play even on the on the Chiefs side somebody could get loose even MVS could get loose you know I mentioned Justin <laughs> Watson but there's plenty of players that you could take a take a shot on if you, if you had to go low um, I, I think we can move on from this game again I'm not going to be building two a stacks probably not going to be building Mahomes stacks unless we see that it's hyper contrarian and in that case uh, I'm happy to to build Mahomes to Kelsey. I'm sure Mike McClure might be interested in that. Speaking of safety blankets, <laughs> that could be the way they matriculate the ball down the field. It could be the Kelsey show with all the injuries uh, the Dolphins have. They're not going to be able to, they're not going to be able to shut down the Chiefs' offense. I don't care how cold it is. So right. even though the Chiefs' offense hasn't been very good, so uh, we touched on that game. Let's go to the three games on Sunday. Um, Steelers plus ten at the Bills. This is the least sexy of the three games. It's a thirty-five and a half point total. Obviously, Packers, Cowboys, Rams, Lions are 
50 or above from a total standpoint. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be invested in this game. It's, you know, Josh Allen probably going to end up being a pretty interesting contrarian play ultimately. And we know he occupies a ton of points with his legs and with his arm. So let me ask you this right off the bat, because not super interested in this game, but there are pieces here on both sides of the ball. What are the pieces that jump out at you? Keeping in mind that this is a three game slate with huge totals in the other two. Right. Obviously I do have more interest in the other two as you're alluding to, but um, you know, if you want to do a Josh Allen stack or even you could do Josh Allen naked or just with a, a cheap piece, just because of the way he spreads the ball, especially with Gabe Davis's injury, we got to pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. And then probably just a, a cheap piece in the Steelers side if any, you know, you could take one of the running backs. Najee has been more productive of late. Um, he's ch- super cheap and, you know, price has not gone up, even though he's had three really good game, productive games in a row. So if they get near the goal line, I think that's, you know, I, I have some interest in Najee. I, I cannot get on the right side of the Steelers receivers. When I play Pickens, it's Deontay. When I play Deontay Johnson, it's Pickens. So, um, but I mean, I think there's, they're viable and likely very negative game script. Um, but for me, I, I probably am not doing a ton. Those are just the ones I would probably consider. Yeah, I think Josh Allen, I think fading digs is okay in this game at 7,400. I think if you were going to play the Sunday slate and you're like, well, I want to play Josh Allen because not many people are going to do it. I think honestly, Khalil Shakir at 3,400, Dalton Kincaid at 4,600 make a ton of sense. I think you could play Josh Allen naked and actually correlate him with one of the receivers. Uh, But I'm talking about one of the receivers on the Steelers side. I know that's an unorthodox Mm -hmm. correlation. But my point is, if you think Josh Allen's going to rush for two touchdowns and he's going to throw for, let's say, two touchdowns, but you're just not sure who he's going to throw to. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could throw like a a, a bullet on Shakir or Kincaid there at, at pretty decent pricing. But you could just have that game script and know that Mason Rudolph's going to have to air it out because they're going to be down two touchdowns for a majority of the game. And then you pick right on Pickens or Deontay. You could even potentially play Najee Warren, uh, Najee, Najee Warren, Najee Harris <laughs> in that scenario. Um, but that's one way you can play this game. Like you could take the Josh Allen, you could correlate him with a Pittsburgh receiver or not correlate him at all with the Pittsburgh receiver. Just take Josh Allen and then just get big time pieces in those in those other two games, uh, particularly right. maybe in the running department. So uh, something to consider there. But again, Khalil Shakir at 3,400 does stick out to me. We'll have to monitor the weather in Buffalo. Obviously. And I like Pack- go ahead. I like Kincaid as well a lot. I, you yeah. mentioned him. He got way more targets than I expected last week. And and so I think he he I'm surprised his price wasn't higher. So I definitely like the Shakir and Kincaid call. Richie Small says uh, right there with you, Meg. I never get it right. Listen, there's. There, and there was a there was a question about DFS golf too. There's certain golfers because I do a lot of DFS golf. Everybody mm-hmm. that like I always get them wrong when I play them. They're terrible, and when I don't play them, they they like win the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, Chris, the, your question about DFS golf versus DFS NFL, it, it's not a one for one. And so when you're fading guys in DFS golf, um, you're fading them like because because they're like highly owned. That that's the play in DFS golf. That's not always the play in NFL DFS. You can play chalky guys, but when you do, I'd encourage you to include a couple of pieces that are really low ownership just to to make your total overall ownership low or make your roster construction different so that, well, yeah, let's say you're playing Dak and CeeDee Lamb, but let's say you're throwing in a piece or two from that game that other people aren't also throwing in. You're double stacking it where you know other people are single stacking it. So roster construction, that's a conversation that really probably takes more like five minutes, but um, that those are a couple of the kind of the key notes when it comes to comparing PGA DFS to NFL DFS. It, it is a little different in terms of the game theory and how you uh, view ownership. All right, Packers plus seven and a half at the Cowboys. 
how do you how you're not in love with this game? I mean, you can play Dax stacks, you can play Jordan Love stacks. Jordan Love has almost too many weapons because if they're all mm-hmm. healthy, Christian Watson is playing. He's got Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks is awesome. Um, you know, Dobbs gets gets targets, Kraft gets targets. It's really hard. Uh, Aaron Jones gets targets and, and is is good in the running game. So you can try to pick right there. I think most people will go Dax CD and just move along. That makes complete sense. I think that's going to be the most popular stack. CD 9,000, Dax 7,600. There's enough chief key pieces on the Sunday slate to be able to do that. Uh, Meg, what do you like in this? Place? You made a great point. I When I was reviewing this, I deciding on which Packers weapons are going to be the correct weapons in this game. I think some are definitely going to get there, but who is it? Because all have shown that explosibility. Last week it was Wicks. The week before it was Reed, you know? So I just think it's it's hard. Last week I was on Reed and it was Wicks, you know? So I just think it's going to be tough to to pick which which weapon, and that's the most difficult thing here. So if anybody has the key to unlocking that, please let me know because I am struggling with which Packers weapon, but I definitely think you they need to be considered um, because they're going to be in a likely negative game script. We know the points that Dak and this offense put up, especially at home. And so I love Dak stacks a ton, but I definitely think this is a game you can run back with a couple of Packers pieces. Yeah, what are your thoughts on Pollard and Aaron Jones? Pollard's probably a no play for me at 6,100. How about Aaron Jones at 6,300? I think, again, he's one of the Packers' weapons to consider, but whether you're stacking love or not, but um, I probably like some of the other pieces better. Pollard's probably a no for me um, and just focusing really on that Dallas passing game. All right. Uh, by the way, Chris comments, uh, how come the early edge chat doesn't just pour over into here? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, I, I can do maybe a better job in, in, in promoting the show on that show, which I just got off of at like 1028. Uh, but Chris, we appreciate everybody from the early edge chat that's actually in here. So Chris, thank you. Big cheesy. I see you. Richie Smalls. Uh, always appreciate you being in, in any chat that I'm in. And I'm sure Meg feels the same. All right, let's go to Rams lines. But before we do that, let's hit a quick break. Streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, one love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. All right, we are back. Uh, let's go to. And by the way, we're gonna get into roster construction again. Our Friday show at eleven o'clock. It's it's a game by game preview, but we really go into depth in terms of our favorite stacks and fades and roster construction, things of that nature. Mike McClure does a really good job, uh, much better than me, in terms of like having sort of that alternate roster construction while still being able to play uh, some of the chalk. So make sure you tune in for that show because we're going to have some ownership data on that show as well. All right. Rams plus three and a half at the Lions, 51 and a half point total. Hard not to love uh, Kyron Williams here. I I think he's going to be a piece that people are going to want to have. Uh, but the receivers cup and Nakua against this secondary for Detroit, which really hasn't been very good. I mean, I think Stafford stacks are very much in play. There's too much to like here, especially mm. now that we're coming off of the Packers Cowboys game. So I, I guess my question for you is, do you like this game better than the Cowboys game in terms of like stacking it? And if not, what, what pieces are you trying to grab out of this game? I mean, I think from the terms of full game stack, I probably like this game the most. Like like you said, what what don't you love in this game? There's so mm. much to love in this game. Obviously, the narratives are great, too, but this could be major offensive fireworks. So I think as far as a full game stack, I love this game the most of the three. And this is, by the way, why we didn't love the first game as much, because there's so much to love in these in the Dallas game and this this last game. So um, but I really, really, really do love those Dak 
um, stack. So with that said, Dak stacks will probably be my number one stack on Sundays. However, I could, I really will be stacking up this game heavily as, as you know, my next favorite stack, either probably most likely from the Stafford side, um, just because lines can be a little more run heavy sometimes. And I'm not, you know, you can do Kyron with Stafford. You can do Kyron if you do a golf stack. I, I love the Kyron Williams call, but I just, I just love everything in this game. Um, and yeah, I, I would definitely want probably stacks on both sides of this game as well. Yeah, one thing to point out is Sam Laporta probably not playing in this mm-hmm. game. I think this is a, an obvious multi-week injury. I'm not really sure why Dan Campbell implied that it would be anything otherwise. But with that said, I'm not 100% sure right now if it's going to be James Mitchell or Brock Wright. But James Mitchell's 2,800. Brock Wright is is 3,000. So if you're trying to get a cheap piece that you think could be, could fall in the end zone or mm-hmm. get a, an end zone target or two, uh, those guys certainly uh, fit the bill, in, in whether you're stacking Jared Goff or not. Um, I Cooper Cup or Puka Nakua, if you had to choose one. They're similar price. Probably. I've, it's been Cooper Cup for me all season, and it's really been more Puka Nakua. So I probably need to get on. Um, I'll probably play more Puka Nakua, but I still am open to Cooper Cup as well on the slate for sure. Another impossible question to answer, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lob it over to you anyway. Jameer <laughs> Gibbs versus David Montgomery. Same tough, you know, it's it's hard to say. I'd say if you think it's more of a negative game script, Jameer Gibbs, if you think it's more of a positive game script, David Montgomery. However, lately it's been really a mix and more of a mix. I think midseason it was more you could really use that as the tell. And, and now I, I'd probably lean Jameer Gibbs, but David Montgomery will probably come in lower own. So that's something to consider. Yeah, and, and one thing to also, I mentioned Sam Laporta, but monitor the receivers for Detroit mm-hmm. as well because Jamison Williams, I think he's going to be back for this game. I believe he will be back. I like him. I like the, the him this week at 3,500. Exactly, and because, I, honestly, Khalif Raymond looked really banged up uh, last game, so he might not be in that game either, which could open up a couple more targets for Jamison Williams. Josh Reynolds at 3,800. These are some more of the maybe maybe the sneakier plays. Maybe Jamison Williams isn't super sneaky, but but James Mitchell, Brock Wright, Josh Reynolds, like those are guys that you can get for really cheap that you can just kind of throw in and hope uh, they get a long ball. And Josh Reynolds sometimes gets some volume. Jamison Williams had started to see volume uh, before he got injured. So on the other side, don't forget about Demarcus Robinson at 3,600 because he's getting a ton of volume too. So the good news, here's the bad news, Meg. The bad news is there's too much to choose from, right? Exactly. The good news is you can make some of these expensive decisions while throwing in some of these cheaper guys that are going mm-hmm. to at least give you salary relief off you know, Stafford stacks that are expensive or Dak stacks that are, ex- that are expensive or maybe a contrarian Josh Allen stack uh, that is expensive. You can get pieces. This is going to be a hard one. The Sunday slate is really difficult. Before we get out of here, let me ask you this. Your favorite stack, let's go back to Saturday. I'm going to do this for Sunday too. Your favorite stack on the Saturday slate, which is Browns, Texans, Dolphins, Chiefs. Overstacking a Joe Flacco Brown stack is my call for that. And I'm glad you used the word overstacking. So for mm-hmm. those of you that are new to the, to the, to the slates here, you can kind of go all in, especially on a two-game slate, even on a three-game slate. You can kind of go all in on, on certain uh, on certain stacks. And what I mean by that is you think this game's going to shoot out. You think the team, they're going to exceed their team total, uh, like the Browns in this case. You're putting Flacco with three or four guys. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to go off. It's only a two-game slate, so you can get away with doing that. You can even do it on a three-game slate. Speaking of, before we get out of here, your favorite stack on that three-game Sunday slate. Again, I love the Dallas, or excuse me, love both Rams and Lions and love that game, but it's a Dak stack for me. 
Yeah, it's hard to get away from the Dak stack. I've been at fading home, the at home. Yeah. At home, I've been fading the Packers defense the last two weeks, and it's really bitten me because honestly, they were good against Justin Fields uh, for whatever that's worth, and they were great against mm-hmm. Jaron Hall. This is a different ball game, though. So, right. I mean, I, I I kind of agree with you there and try to get p- the right pieces uh, from those other games. All right. Well, we're not going to cover Monday Night Football because it is kind of more showdown mm-hmm. related. We'll touch on it on Friday on our game by game preview with me and Mike McClure and Meg. That was awesome. We, we did as much as we could for five games and hopefully we imparted some wisdom, some maybe alternate roster construction, some different ideas for this two and three game slate. Uh, we'll see everybody on Friday at 11 o'clock. But for now, thanks for joining us on Fantasy Football Today. DFS.